Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, where we discuss leadership, our stories, challenges, and how we can be great, inclusive, and fabulous leaders. My name is Tara Lehman, and I'm a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services. For our leadership clients, I aim to provide effective leadership coaching, consulting, and workshops to help develop you, increase employee retention, and even improve that bottom line. You can see all the details and our new programs at amplifyingleadership.ca, a division of Twin Life Coaching and Business Services. Today, I am welcoming Steve Hornet, founder and CTO of Raging Warthog Technology Services. Welcome, Steve. Hey, Tara, how are you? By the way, I uh, love that this is about leadership. Oh, thank you. I love it, too. It's a passion of mine. Okay, Back at Steve. You. <laughs> so because I said raging warthogs, which I'm sure a lot of people say it that way, I know that my listeners are going to wonder, what the heck name is that? What is Raging Warthog Technology Services? So it started a long time ago. And quite frankly, I invented it. Um, a lot of tactical people um, start helping out friends. And, and and if they're lucky, they start helping out the odd business. And it occurred to me early on that I should create a company, uh, maybe in the future incorporate, which I've actually never done. Um, but I wanted the name to be memorable. And, and the, mm -hmm. I just invented the name. It jumped up at me one day, and I was lucky enough to, to put a logo to it, which exists today. And, and that's the name, and it's memorable, and that's what I seek to be. I love it. And you know what? We won't forget it, that's for sure. And I've seen your logo, and I love your logo, too. Thanks. All right. Well, why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your leadership story or a little bit about the roles maybe you had? Sure. So, you know, I started out as a very, very technical guy. Um, among other things, you know, I self-taught myself assembler, which to some people that have been in technology a long time, they'll know what that is. That's a machine language. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I started out really, really technical, and I've always kept learning. But along the way, very early on, um, I started to actually run some projects. And the minute that you start running projects, you become accountable for delivery of those projects. You're no mm -hmm. longer just a technical resource. You are accountable. And thus, I became a project manager. Um, and I started to understand as I as I grew and I moved more into leadership, um, I started to understand what accountability meant. Um, and some of those projects that I had accountability for were, were pretty visible, like network migrations and, mm -hmm. and all kinds of crazy things. Um, and, and I came to understand the difference between management and leadership because they're two very, very different things. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, what I also saw is as the light bulb went on in my very little head and, and I started to see what, you know, what leadership was about, I also started to understand and see examples of people that were seen as being leaders, but they weren't really effective or they weren't really using sort of the the skills and, and the abilities that you would expect a leader uh, mm -hmm. to use. Like I remember one of the organizations I worked for um, and I was a project manager, um, a technical project manager, this VP of technology, he actually led by intimidation. Oh, and, and that, yeah. And, and that yeah. was um, he, and he knew that was, you know, his, his methodology and 
he made no apologies for it. But, you know, if you looked around you, you got to see how that management by intimidation um, impacted other people. Mm-hmm. And impacted the the environment, and that's that's one of those experiences I've never forgotten. Um, but yeah, it just you know things like mm-hmm. this really cement in your head what's what's a manager, what's a leader. And it's interesting that you bring that up because in my workshop series, I have a whole day or a whole hour where I talk about the differences between manager yeah. and leader because they are. They, I mean, you can be a manager and a leader. But it's really difficult to do that. And, you know, it's you have to be a leader. You have to be there for your employees. So, yes, I talk about that as well. Okay, great. So I know that you worked in a very large global organization. So can you tell us some of the, you know, positive leadership things that maybe that you did see? Because I also worked in a very large global, not as large as where you work, organization. And Mm -hmm. there can be a lot of positive things coming from the top down. So what did you perhaps see? Yeah, larger companies tend to um, be better at paying attention to the people they have and the skills those people have. Um, And they tend to be able to recognize that talent and that ability pretty quickly because larger companies have more discipline when it comes to project delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they they will put opportunities and challenges in front of you. And certainly that's what, what happened to me. I, you know, I was at this final company for 18 years uh, before I took retirement, which wasn't exactly my <laughs> choice, but, oh. um, but they did continue to put opportunities and challenges in front of me. And that gave me uh, um, the ability to have a very, uh, unusual and varied career. I stayed technical, but um, I also stayed close to you know being accountable mm-hmm. for project delivery because at the end of the day, it's in their best interest. Um, mm-hmm. You know they they want to succeed as an organization, so um, you know they they will be pretty good at recognizing talent and ability um, pretty early on. Um, and you know and quite frankly great leaders understand that like they they understand they look to identify um who their who their people are mm-hmm. on their team and their team isn't necessarily the the individuals reporting to them it's the individuals that help them to be who they are mm-hmm. right and and they under, they get to understand those people um and they they get to understand how those people can can help to deliver what the company is seeking the other thing that i saw was that um, larger companies tend to be really good, um, and this certainly was no exception. Um, they they're really good at connecting what the mm-hmm. business wants to technology. Uh, smaller companies tend to just say, "Well, this is the latest and greatest." Um, you know, the internet says that it's the it's the the application or the technology that I should have, so mm-hmm. I'm going to implement it. Um, and then the business struggles mm-hmm. with larger companies. Um, technology spends a lot of time working with the business, understanding where the business wants to go from a strategic perspective, and then matches the technology to the business and often even includes business people in the projects that are delivering that technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a lot of the things that I saw that I felt were were positive from you yeah. know from a leadership perspective in a large company. 
And I would have to agree um, to your first point as well. I mean, I was lucky enough to become a global quality auditor for our, you know, our um, quality program that we had at my company and also yep. do some of the HR leadership training in North America. Um, you know, so there is opportunity in those large companies, even though we are from Canada and it tends to be smaller here. So, yeah, absolutely. Agree with those. That's wonderful about the tech, too, and their positive side of things. So let me ask you kind of almost the opposite. What challenges did you see that leadership may have had, which, of course, that you're able to share with us that maybe you don't think were handled well? Is there anything that comes up to you today? Oh, yeah, lots. Because <laughs> no, nobody's perfect. No organization exactly. is perfect. Um, the first thing I, Yeah, the first thing I saw, um, and this was unfortunate, was that even at senior levels, like, you know, there's, there's emails coming out from human resources that are coming, that are going out globally to the employees or from, you know, from very senior leadership, mm-hmm. like at, at, you know, the C level, they tend to, they tended to interchange the words management and leadership. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that really bothered. The one thing that's become clear to me is that management is a function, and and it focuses on things like processes and mm-hmm. key performance indicators, KPIs, right? And on delivery, yep. you know, on schedules, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very functional practice, um, and and to a certain extent, managers often are trying to maintain the status quo because otherwise they can't measure it. If stuff changes, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to measure. Leadership isn't a function it's a science mm-hmm. and and it's a very selfless science that involves guiding and motivating others you you can't guide and motivate others if if you're fundamentally not not a selfless person mm-hmm. um and leaders want to challenge the status quo otherwise you can't you know you can't build and and mold and enable your team so that's the first thing that I saw that really bothered me was just that interchange between management and leadership, mm-hmm. you know, in those one. communications. Yeah. Um, the second thing, and, and this, you know, when you really think about it, it's not uncommon in large companies. They, they want to really focus on the financial state of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that can be a very unhealthy influence on employee morale and productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases, the reason that happens, and I'll be honest, I think in the future we're going to see this become more of an issue, is because large organizations, you know, they have shareholders. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, um, not only do they have shareholders that hold their stock, but they have shareholders that expect an ongoing dividend from the company. Yes. Um, and that dividend comes right off the company's bottom line. It's not a factor of the value of the stock. It's a factor of how many shares of the stock you have. And it's a factor of the decisions that the board of directors has made, you know, incrementally quarter over quarter, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what they're, what they're going to provide as a dividend to those shareholders. So, you know, those dividends um, especially for a company whose stock is kind of languishing, it isn't growing readily, those dividends really become an anchor that's, mm-hmm. that prevents the company from making a lot of really courageous decisions that are innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's, you know, that, that all sort of you know, baked together is that whole focus on, on the financial state of the company um, and and it really is a drag on the potential for innovation. 
Um, yeah, the creativity too gets missed, right? When you focus so much on finance and on the bottom line, you think sales, 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 cost, 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 and innovation gets put off to the side. Creativity gets put off to the side. Yeah, like I've I've always believed to a certain extent that in order to make money, you've got to spend money, mm-hmm. um, and. And I've also believed in the ability of people to be creative, to be innovative, to be inventive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, you want to foster that. You don't want to, you don't want to put, like I said, an anchor on that, uh, yeah. a drag on that. Um, the final thing that I saw, and this was more towards the last few years uh, with this organization, was was I saw that they started to embrace agile methodologies. Okay. Um, mm-hmm as as a means to deliver projects and um i mean i'll admit agile has its place i'm very familiar with agile but i'm also very familiar with projects uh, project methodologies that are more what we call waterfall mm-hmm. and and both methodologies have their place but what i saw in in terms of leadership issues was i saw that leadership at this organization senior leadership looked to agile as a cure-all they looked at it as oh uh we can do things faster um and we can be seen by the business as doing more for them and doing it faster so we should really embrace agile um and it became um very difficult because there's parts of any technology especially when you're building technology where you don't have a mature environment mm-hmm. um you can't you can't build um a technology environment from scratch in an agile way it, it just you know there's parts of mm-hmm. it you can but for the most part you can't so um that was you know i saw that as as a challenge for leadership i saw it certainly as something that that didn't work well and i i think by the time they got way down the road it became too difficult to sort of you know moderate but uh, mm-hmm. That would be the final thing I would say was just, you know, how they embraced Agile and that they used it as sort of the silver bullet. And I would agree with you. It has its place in many places and and maybe even pieces of, but you're right, it doesn't always, because it is not a cure-all. I 100% agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. So taking all the positives and what we talked about on the challenges, if you had to put that together, what do you think would be a key quality or a key characteristic that leaders should have? Um, great question. And, and I've always believed that the most important, the most fundamental quality that a leader, not a manager, a leader needs to have is courage. Mm-hmm. And, and I call it intellectual courage. I don't call it arrogance. Um, it's not arrogance. It is, it is confidence, but it's not yeah. confidence in yourself so much as it's confidence in those around you, those that you lead. Mm-hmm. That you know when when they come together that they can they can solve you know issues that one person can't on the other hand um because as I've said before, a leader needs to be selfless mm-hmm. um they need to understand that that they the the accountability they have as a leader um is accountability to the team. Yeah. Um, the team isn't accountable to them. They are accountable to the team. So, you know, they, they need to understand what, what that accountability means. And again, they need to be selfless. Um, and just going back to courage for a second in mm-hmm. that, um, if, if a leader demonstrates courage, um, 
especially to the team, then the team picks up on that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, and, and that, that helps to drive them. Finally, the, the, the last thing I would say a good leader needs to be is a planner, um, mm-hmm. a leader, you know, I mean, there will be times any leader is thrust into a situation and needs to react immediately, but given the yeah. opportunity, any leader needs to be a good planner. Um, and with practice, you can almost plan anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I sometimes say to people, you know, for, for those that are, are listening that know what a Gantt chart is, I sometimes say yes. I can build a Gantt <laughs> chart in my head, you know, as I'm just like, we did a Gantt for our wedding, right? <laughs> yes. uh, it, yeah, I just, I, I, it's, it's my natural tendency to want to plan. And what that does is that if you can quickly plan um, in most situations, then you can take, uh, you know, the the more difficult uh, and the more sudden situations and you can still plan them. And again, your team picks up on that mm-hmm. and they have more confidence because they know that you're thinking ahead and that you're thinking of them and that you're not going to leave them in the lurch. It's mm-hmm. It's a really good quality for a leader to have is to be a planner. I love that. When I talk to some of my leadership clients, we talk about risk planning. So yes. they think of whatever that worst case scenario is and put some risk plans in place so that if it does happen or you lose that key team member or something, you already have some plans in place to overcome that obstacle. So yeah, planning, Absolutely. huge key. I love it. I love it. So you are my first male leadership guest. And again, thanks for that. Um, So now I'm curious, what challenges do you think women face, if any, in your industry, when it comes to even just growing up through the the ladder of success or to leadership roles? This is a great question. Um, And it's, it's a great question, you know, A, because I I think of myself as a humanist, as a moralist. Uh, Yeah, I'm male, but but, you know, I just believe in people generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a great question because through my career, I've had a number of leaders that I uh, that I worked for that were women. And, great. and yeah, and, and some yeah. of them um, were very influential in, in my career. And it's interesting because I think that in many cases, women can make really great leaders because they have a number of ingrained soft skills that just come to them naturally because mm-hmm. of their historical role in a family, right? Yeah. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're great relationship builders. Um, and they don't, they don't tend to be driven so much by ego because, you know, no matter how many centuries of evolution <laughs> are behind us, <laughs> you know, the male tends to be more ego driven and tends to be more about defending the family. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, women tend to be, I think, a little bit less driven by ego. There's some that are very driven by ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no denying that. But but they also tend to be more nurturing as a result. And I think that's good, because when you think, again, going back to to leadership, and um and how selfless it is mm-hmm. um and how courageous you know people need to be i think those are in in many cases ideal qualities for for a woman and, mm-hmm. and i'll be honest like as i i look out you know in today's society i love that there's there's women coming into non-conventional roles like firefighters 
In fact, mm-hmm. even you know, in our community, I think that we have some some lady firefighters on our volunteer yeah. firefighting team. Uh, I like that there's women that are fighter pilots. There's even mm-hmm. a woman uh, who is a pilot with the uh, Blue Angels, which is the the yeah. Navy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I I love seeing things like that, and like I even remember a time when women were shunned as transit bus drivers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's no longer the case, but. Um, but I remember those times. So, you know, I think, you know, we've made great strides. I think mm-hmm. we need to make more because like I said, I think women uh, really do have some of those fundamental soft skills that are just ingrained uh, that makes them, um, that makes them great leaders. I believe yeah. in equality and, uh, you know, I think again, you know, look going backwards, I think we just need to be patient and rely on the people that make those decisions about who are going to be the leaders of the future. I think we need to re- rely on them and sometimes even remind them that mm-hmm. they need to be objective. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm an advocate for diversity and um, equity all over the place. And I come from a very male dominated industry myself. Yep. And I find that it would be fantastic to have diversity at the leadership level so that you have both, as you uh, using your examples, both the ego and the nurturing in one team, because mm-hmm. amazing things can happen if that is there. So, oh, yes. I mean, those are amazing examples. So what would you say for our audience today would be one key takeaway on being a great leader when it comes to a global company? Um, in a global company, it, it is going to be a little bit more difficult because there's so many people around you. There's, there's so much inertia around you, but I would, I would encourage those that want to be leaders to realize that when they encounter obstacles, they can work with their team to to define legitimate and workable solutions to mm-hmm. those to those challenges to those obstacles um and remember that that you're accountable to the team yeah. um but it it is it is the team teams can do amazing things and and again you know, the team isn't just the people that you know that you have some level of control over on your team can be stakeholders mm-hmm. the, you know yes. supporters and advocates like in some big projects it's actually not uncommon, and I've done this myself, to do a stakeholder analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you understand at the start of the project, you know, who your supporters are, who your advocates are, who your, uh, where your obstacles are, people that, you know, that may not necessarily uh, agree or understand today with what you want to do, but, you know, maybe you can bring them onto your side, mm-hmm. maybe you can't, and there's strategies for that, right? But mm-hmm. fundamentally, when you encounter obstacles, work with your team, solve those obstacles. And, I love it. Yeah, and in a large corporation, you'll be seen for that, but realize as well, you know, embracing those obstacles and solving them takes courage. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that a leader needs to have is courage to believe yeah. in what you and your team can do and to have the courage to to solve you know the challenges that you don't even know of today. And and I like to think of, you know, the including every level of an organization for challenges sometimes can be very important to 
you know, making sure the challenge overcome, or if you're talking something like safety that you're ensuring, it's not just joint health and safety talking about it. Like what's the feedback from the people who this may affect? So you're right. Like the courage to go out there, the courage to talk to every level. And as you said, others as well. I mean, it could be vendors, customers, you know, stakeholders, whoever, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if you, if, if I put on my, my pure project manager hat for a second, I mm-hmm. would say that I can count on less than the fingers of one hand the number of projects that came in on time, on yeah. budget, on scope, and on quality. Like mm-hmm. I, I think of the project management triangle, but I add that that other edge to it that's the quality edge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if 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 you really soberly realize that that very few projects that come in exactly the way they were predicted at the start, then you've got to expect the unexpected and you've got to be ready for it. And, and you've got to embrace your team as the way to, to face, you know, the unexpected. Absolutely agree. Awesome. So thank you for the conversation today, Steve. If someone did want to find out more about Raging Warthog or what your logo looks like, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, so you can email me at steve at uh, ragingwarthog.com. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I have sort of a, an interesting professional career because on one hand, I, I, I deliver uh, a number of very large projects for a number mm-hmm. of very large organizations as sort of an independent contractor. On the other hand, I have some organizations, I do all their IT support for them. So um I'm I'm always interested in um you know people wanting to know more about about what I do and um and me being able again as a leader to perhaps influence them and uh and give them some you know some tools and information and abilities that, that maybe will help them uh to be to be even you know bigger and better themselves. That's great. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you. It's always great chatting with you. Thank you to my listeners. I hope you enjoyed our podcast with Steve today. If you are in need of some leadership coaching, consulting, or workshops, or even want to be a guest on my podcast, then reach out to me at Tara at twinlifecoaching.ca. To find out more about all our leadership services, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business services division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.